Hello everyone. Welcome to the fourth episode of the PhD Project podcast. I'm your host Tripti and today we have a very special guest on the show, Dr. Moitri Das. She's someone who I really look up to, someone who really inspires me and this one person who always comes to my mind when I talk about doctoral journeys. So a very warm welcome to you Moitri. Before beginning this episode, let me briefly introduce you to our listeners. Moitra Das is an assistant professor of psychology at Flame University at Pune, India. She received a PhD and MPhil degree in management and labor studies from Tata Institute of Social Sciences, Mumbai. She currently teaches industrial and cross-cultural psychology at Flame. A very warm welcome to you, Moitra. So, how are you? How is life? Thank you. Thank you, Tripti. After all the uh, technical glitches, uh, that warm and sweet introduction really filled my heart. Uh, okay, I am good. I'm good right now. I am home in Assam. And life's been pretty good, I would say. Uh, I am, like you, you know, mentioned in my introduction, I've been in flame since 2021. Uh, I started off as a guest faculty in the first semester and then joined them full time as an assistant professor. I've been teaching those two subjects, uh, industrial and cross-cultural psychology. I was even teaching community psychology for a while. Then I, you know, kind of shifted to teaching this too. And uh, it's been good. It's been good. But uh, I often now, as I'm speaking to you, and I know we are going to go back to test days, and just before <laughs> sometime I was having a word with my supervisor, Professor Sasmita Palo, just before like an hour or two, I was having a word with her about some paper that we are working on. And uh, she was also asking me the same about how is being at, how is life at flame? How is thing being on the other side of the table? And it's been good, I would say as of now. Yeah. Yeah. So one question, which I'm sure you must have gotten so used to answer your doctoral journey and how did you finish it in three years just also a context to our listeners completing a phd in three years is not so common in india still so yeah coming back please share with us your doctoral journey what did you work on how was your experience right Right, right. Okay. So I joined Flame in 2015 for my MPhil. That was an integrated MPhil PhD program in management and labor studies. So I finished my master's from Mumbai University in applied psych and I joined uh, the MPhil and PhD program. 15 to 17, I did my MPhil and 17 to 20, I finished my PhD. Right. So my topic, my topic of uh, PhD research was trying to understand how poor sleep affects the quality of life of, uh, you know, working professionals. I had different set of uh, target population of study for my MPhil and PhD, but the topic, the core topic of sleep remained the same. Of course, I didn't stumble onto sleep just by chance or not like I came prepared with that topic when I came for my interview here. It was through a lot of reading and through a lot of speculations and a lot of really sleep, sleep, really sleep. How would I be studying sleep? And a lot of questions, discussions, debates with my, um, you know, research uh, supervisor and forever well-wisher Professor Palo that, uh, you know, I stumbled upon the topic and I couldn't be more thankful that I chose that topic for my research. 
it was a crazy ride uh, you know when i say that because uh, the days that i had for my data collection particularly for my phd journey yeah so because i was also looking at rotating shift workers right so i had to go there late at night 10 pm early morning 6 am or 4 am rather because that the first train that comes uh, in bombay you know and uh, going through all of this journey it just made me realize that while the, the time you are you know kind of doing your work your research it may be so challenging but later when you see the results when you see the output it is so fulfilling you know when i saw when i later went back and spoke to my participants when i later kind of you know showed them what the results were what the outputs were as told by them as given by them not just me but even they i think to some extent had like a fulfilling journey so it all was very very lovely at the end of it uh 3 years yeah yeah that that's something i get asked a lot that how and how is it possible but to be extremely honest tripti i'm going to say that uh 80% okay is because of my guide professor sasmita palo i mean it is a two way journey you and i both know right that when you're doing a research yeah. program it has to be a two way journey between the student and the guide that's why it is so important to make sure the topic you choose the guide who is guiding you and your level of motivation to do the research uh i remember and that's why i often tell professor palo that you must be so happy that i'm out of this because there is no one really to disturb you and eat your head just like i did messaging ma'am which is not good you know let me tell you the things which is not good <laughs> especially ma'am feel at 2 am 1 am that i got this finding i have this article and a lot of times professor palo would reply back probably she was awake or she is like oh i know mohit is going to disturb me she would reply back at that time so the timely feedback and timely review of my guide for every draft that i sent for every proposal that i sent for every article abstract that i sent has to be one of the strongest factors of finishing your phd early right and honestly to be uh, you know to be very fair to every one around uh, this timeline with phd i think it's a very toxic game you know it's a extremely toxic game that oh god you've taken 3 years 4 years 5 years also you've taken 3 years 4 years 5 years i feel also one of the most common struggles amongst the phd student is the feeling of not doing enough and that also arises from having the idea that you are falling behind in the phd timeline and it's a vicious cycle that's so easy to get sucked into and alongside the timeline pressure as well i also feel that a lot of phd students struggle with the lack of support and guidance like how crucial it is to have mentors senior figures to reach out to during challenging times and also share your work like get some genuine uh, feedback and there is so much anxiety correct correct absolutely absolutely i mean that anxiety usually will step in when you are marking your progress by societal timelines by the cumulative timeline of the people you see around that's when you feel like you're lagging behind oh my god right and it is because see i know i mean i was in the third floor in uh, the new campus girls hostel and i know for most of my friends for whatever reason they wouldn't get their replies from their supervisors for the longest time supervisor is busy supervisor has lot of students for so many reasons that i don't know but like i keep saying right like i lucked out i have said this publicly i'm going to say it again i have lucked out with my research supervisor the kind tie the kind of support and help and guidance that i needed i think i got that in 10 folds 
i got that in tenfold so a lot of factors are you know kind of related to how and what are the reasons that makes you finish your phd early it's almost like saying oh you took 8 years means you're not hard working it is it, it it is absolutely stupid to think that you know the longer you take the lesser you have you know worked for your phd and the quicker you take because who's read my thesis you know of course you can read it and tell me moshi you know i don't like your work you know the quality is poor or xyz or i can read your work and say oh tripti you took a longer time and look at your work all of that is extremely subjective you know extremely subjective but still i get that a lot like you know how three years and then i have to kind of tell about about all the factors particularly relationship with supervisor i mean if i had for example tripti think that i sent all my chapters to my supervisor all right in the month of may if my supervisor is traveling and she only gets back to me in the month of december how will it be possible for me to submit my chapters right or if she took one one and half month to review one chapters and i have 12 chapters so automatically the time goes the the year passes because we worked in tandem there was hard work sincerity effort from both ends right i'm not going to eat a humble pie and say like oh it just happened of course i gave my 200% i did all that i could and my supervisor was right there so and that's how the three years and i know a lot of my friends who had finished their draft at the same time i did and few of my friends were telling me moistri our supervisors read our draft only like you know a year after you submitted only like 6 months later and then gave feedback and the second feedback was that after 5 months so what is it is like i lucked out in that way right i mean there is equal hard work there is equal effort there is equal sincerity but yeah i see a lot of toxicity in academic language and academic narratives about timelines and publishing that i think we will get to later but that's how the three years tripti that's how the three years because honestly and because i've been in the hostel for 5 years i have seen all my friends with different supervisors mm-hmm. sat at 3 3 o'clock 4 o'clock tea time with my friends had like a solid chai pe charcha every day on our topics on our supervisors on the progress that they would get back to us with and i know that what each of us did and what and how quickly or how late each of us could have submitted the thesis provided the reply came from other side so yeah it's 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 a lot to do with that a lot to do with that yeah that i hope that answers the question <laughs> i also feel and i come from 5 years of experience uh myself being in a phd program and 2 years of my mphil so total 7 years and i feel it's also very crucial to understand early at what kind of a researcher you are and then also put in efforts to understand your supervisor and for example find other students who are working under them and i realized that my own relationship with my supervisor really improved when i started communicating a lot of things like my timeline my doubts and my point of view towards my research questions and um a lot of time also discussing the thoughts which i might think that would not be uh, correct but still going a step ahead and sharing with my supervisor and also to understand my routine because this is something we do not just for a year it's not a one year program or a two year program like you need to really understand what's your routine as well and trying to build a rapport on these things but it but at the same time i really want to also acknowledge that i also have friends who unfortunately whatever they did however well they progressed they still have a very toxic relationship with their guide and i think it's not 
it's not something new like we keep on hearing among our circles so what advice would you give to students who may be struggling with building a supportive relationship with a supervisor since you're on the other side of academia now i would love to hear your thoughts on this <clears throat> correct see this is again such a tricky space such a tricky space because you know at a lot of times i have my, my friends have asked me this right honestly it's not like i'm hearing this for the first time uh it's almost like oh moitri you lucked out you found someone that great easy for you to say you know because sometimes what i say can be very preachy especially when it works out for someone and that person is taking or standing on a pedestal and giving lecture it can be very preachy but nevertheless since you've asked me this i'm going to kind of go ahead and say that uh i think always keep your supervisor in the loop a no matter what you are doing whatever your progress is or if you think you haven't made any progress you are reading something you're not reading something always keep your supervisor in the loop just make sure they know what you are doing so you are on the same page right it shouldn't be like your supervisor is on page a and you are on page z because you all don't know b there's a factor of organ you know of organic uh, building that i don't think one can comment on because that happens very organically it is not like uh, when i came to this when i joined this and when uh, professor palo was uh, you know assigned to me as my supervisor i already thought that okay by the next 5 years i'm going to make sure this person is my best friend it happened right the reason i always say luck or because when it comes to relationship and subjective uh, issues i'm a huge uh, talker of you know universe worked out fate worked out i know scientific and empirical community will be like we have an explanation for that we will give you quantitative data to show this happens because of that you know sorry probably that's not my area of expertise so i'm going to keep quiet but it just worked out so organically and uh, of course i think uh, i was also extremely willing as a student you know if you are also really willing as a student to learn things that you don't know a lot of my quantitative uh, bit of my research is not something i'm good at i'm not an expert in that professor palo made sure that i learn it there part she taught me there part she told me where to go and learn from and i did i made sure i did my homework i made sure i followed what my guide told me and things i didn't know i went back and reported that to <clears throat> paloma and you know we would be in constant touch i would we would be in loop the paper she would give me i would read that basically whatever was told to me i would be doing it and secondly whatever i would have expected help and guidance from her that happened so as people if i have to say what can i do to build a healthy relation a definitely keep your guide on the loop make sure they know what you are doing b ask them when is the right time that you they think that you know you can go and give your uh, kind of update weekly update monthly update whatever works for both of you because every guidance student will have a relationship that is very unique because what the way i have worked with palo ma'am like i remember telling palo ma'am that ma'am if you are not my guide i will not be in tis bombay i'll have to apply for phd outside i remember telling her she's like oh please don't exaggerate i'm like no 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 you will see that if you're not you know telling me a yes for a phd guide i will have to apply outside because the way i have worked and the way i work probably at least for my research time palo ma'am got it and that level and of course there was also a lot of anxiety right there was a lot of anxiety from my side which i'll come to later which probably palo ma'am could deal with for anybody else it will be too much and i know i was too much right and this is not this is not saying it in a good way because when you're coming from a space of anxiety when you're nervous about what's happening when you're doing things in a in a manner that may not be uh, healthy for you all the time it can be overwhelming for the other person tripti in my case the supervisor 
but like like i'm saying right but parlo ma'am probably understood not probably she did understand she took all that in and still helped me along the way right to kind of actually get to where i am i remember at one point parlo ma'am telling me after my mfil see mohit you have too much energy you know i know that you have a lot to do mm-hmm. probably i'm not the guide for you because you know in comparatively i'm probably a little slow paced so i think you should select some other guide who's also as equally energetic and something in similar line she said then i told her that you know ma'am if you are rejecting me just tell me now because i have to apply outside <laughs> i'm not doing anything at this if not for you <laughs> so that kind of relationship and <laughs> bond <laughs> built very very organically very very organically the personality that i have the personality that the other person has all that clicked right so while we can't expect and there is no need to expect that you need to be best buddies you need to be absolutely best friends with supervisor because they are not there for that if it works out organically great right if if it doesn't it's okay you just need to make sure that your checkpoints are clear progress is being updated they know what you are doing you are not on the different pages and if there's any problem actually talk it out actually talk it out make sure you show them your face make sure they know that you are on campus or if you are outside when like really just be on the same page you know it sounds cliche because it's a cliche for a reason because a lot of times when i meet a lot of professors right they are like oh my god have you seen xyz because i haven't seen them for 6 months i thought probably on the same hostel you would have seen and from the other side i have heard that oh god you know what moitri i haven't done what i was told so i'm not going to show my face it's been 6 months and as dekhte dekhte ek saal ho gaya do saal ho gaya so the phd will delay right there are multiple reasons more reasons than you and me yeah, can think of as to why and how a phd program gets done for 3 years or 30 years you know we know we'll probably talk <laughs> about 10 factors triple there are 100 factors that we will not even know of True. and uh, that's why that's why it's it, it, it's tough it's tough but uh, if you take this little steps and you genuinely are interested i think slowly and steadily it gets done yeah hmm true true couldn't agree more now let's talk about something that is incredibly important and something that we are really passionate about talking and having a conversation around mental health i feel there are some very common misconceptions and myths surrounding mental health in the academic community and i would like to start this conversation by addressing them and it's also very unfortunate which i feel that it's ingrained in the academic culture and while yes like hard work and dedication are necessary for academic success but it's crucial to debunk the belief that sacrificing personal time and boundaries is a requirement and everybody's feeling this in the phd community that working excessively is leading to burnout and having negative impact on our mental health so i would love to know that what according to you are some common misconceptions and myths surrounding mental health in the academic community mm in the academic community oh yeah i i hear this a lot i even hear this at my workplace when we see like Uh, you know quite a few students who are uh, not submitting their work on time not showing up to class who may be having real mental health concerns it is always seen as an excuse that they are lazy and sleepy and they don't want to work hard and they are procrastinating and they're just using mental health as an excuse while i understand that there could be people who could be saying you know things like oh i don't want to show up to class or i'm not doing my work because they genuinely don't want to do and they may actually be using mental health concern as an excuse 
but the majority of the people would not but for us as a community to only think that anybody who is not doing what they should do as a student as an employee as a worker as a phd student is because they are lazy and they want to procrastinate and there is no other problem with them it's an absolutely problematic uh, you know what do i say problematic situation because then we not only fail to understand the root causes of the problem that the person is facing but we also you know kind of uh, simultaneously use the fact that if someone says they have a mental health concern oh it's an excuse so the person is not even getting the due help they need right mm, talking about mental health i would also like to kind of you know share it in your platform because i've also shared it otherwise that i was diagnosed with oh, you know anxiety and depression in jan 2021 uh two weeks before uh, yeah right when i joined flame as a guest faculty and had a very very difficult time tripti uh that was the first time i was officially diagnosed even though uh, with depression and anxiety but uh, as far as my knowledge goes in this area of mental health i have been uh, you know an anxious person for the longest time i still am very anxious and i'm pretty sure had i been diagnosed earlier my journey to recovery would have been much you know faster quicker whatever so i was diagnosed with that and i had to kind of start to work at the same time it was difficult but i'm very very grateful and i just feel the need to kind of honestly mention this on public platforms because i don't think i can emphasize it enough the role my psychiatrist uh, dr nahid and uh, my psychologist dr mayuri and my current psychologist uh, dr malvika has played in my journey to recovery you know uh, at first i was started off with uh, medications for my uh, you know anxiety and after a few weeks i started my therapy uh, then of course after a while i got off medicines and then last october because of some recurring uh, you know situations and uh, in my life i had to restart my medications and i'm also on therapy currently along with medications and i cannot tell you how helpful this entire journey of 2 years and with my doctors has been to manage my condition right i get students i get friends i get seniors juniors day in day out in my office on phone on whatsapp message zoom any other social media app just trying to find a window to you know let me know that is there help moitri in different ways you know they would never write this statement and i'm just like actually telling this cuz i tell this to my students every day in class so they know you know if they ever watch this video they would know that you know professor moitri actually tells us this every day that if you ever think like there is something not right with you please 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 you know if you don't have any other source come to me and at least tell me because while i may not be a trained psychologist and of course i'm not a psychiatrist by expertise or by qualification i can guide you to the right person i have enough colleagues and friends who are trained qualified licensed psychiatrists and psychologists who can help you with your problem so and especially you know after i have been through this myself you know after i have been in therapy for 2 years on medications for 2 years on and off i can only begin to imagine what people with severe intense state of illnesses might feel like i can't even say i can imagine i can only begin to imagine what the problem must be like and to think we live in a world tripti where people you know take this as a joke they think it's a myth they you know and there's enough stigma around mental health so that there's not enough people talking about it there's not enough people getting the help for various you know structural societal 
reasons it's really heartbreaking it's really heartbreaking mental illness is the number one cause is rising very soon to be the number one cause of death absenteeism and illnesses worldwide and india is leading the charts right we have students group the age group that our students are in the college students the teenagers who seem to be one of of the many groups the most hard hit for obvious reasons for obvious reasons so i just i just you know this is something i feel very passionately about very very passionately about you could say probably even more so because i've been through it myself right i'm extremely extremely uh, you know anxious as a person anxiety uh, i have been dealing with anxiety for the longest time that i know even much before before my diagnosis and uh, it is hard it is hard and i and i only know then people you know kind of humorize kind of be little and demean people with uh, insensitive language insensitive names and labels it can worsen the already worse situation so i would really just like to use your platform as a public plea that if ever you're feeling like you don't know what to do and you don't feel right in your body please you know tripti will have my details please reach out to me because i will make sure that i connect you with my trained friends who can help you but yeah we see this across spaces tripti academia workspace world india being you know one of the largest or uh, you know uh, if i see from a microscopic view of course there are academic spaces there are workplaces but uh, uh, if i look at from a global view you know our country is leading in all form of mental illnesses with zero uh, treatment or care for the ones that need it so yeah it is it is an absolutely pathetic state of affairs when it comes to mental health and treatment yeah I would like to add on to what you are saying. I think we also need to focus and prioritize on the importance of sensitizing people. And it's crucial to recognize that even among our PhD friends, uh, we might miss subtle verbal cues indicating that someone is struggling with mental health. And these signs are like poor eating habits. not sleeping properly not talking to anybody and not going out and a general sense of like isolation and it can easily go unnoticed so and while i also understand that there is no easy way to answer this but there has to be a sense of community and belongingness so definitely i would like to ask you that in your opinion what steps can academic institutions take to foster a sense of community and reduce this feeling of isolation amongst the students and also faculty absolutely um, yeah yeah right you're very right it i mean people need to be sensitized and that's why we have a lot of programs you know i did a you know gatekeeper qpr gatekeeper suicide gatekeeper program from suicide prevention india foundation bangalore a lot of those programs are kind of uh, you know directed towards helping you understand how to understand somebody who could be at the risk of suicide who could be at the risk of mental illness and what you as a first responder should do the cues like all the cues that you mentioned you know subtle cues but they are there if someone is acting way which is not in their normal behavior you know everything that you mentioned so how are we to be sensitized what should we do as first responder instead of you know regretting after something you know unrecoverable has happened which we usually see because people are like are but they were always smiling they were always happy mm, we yeah. asked them and they said i'm fine 
right and you and me both know that yeah, how many times we actually mean i am fine you have enough memes on social media that said that people want to write 10 paragraphs but they'll be like ha sab theek hai i'm fine because you don't want to bother somebody else so yeah i think as a world as a country as people here we really need to understand that mental illness a is not a myth which i think majority of the people are still under the thought process that oh this is a myth this is not a myth it's a reality very very harsh reality claiming too many lives while we are debating whether it's an illness or not an illness whether it is an attention seeking behavior not an attention seeking behavior as we speak there are too many people dying of suicide dying of other mental illnesses dying because they have not been diagnosed they have not been treated they have not gotten access to it right because of a lot of societal structural factors so uh, as a, as a, as a, as a community we really need to be sensitized and really start doing our bit while a lot has been done but we have a long way to go a very long way to go so yeah okay finally what message or advice would you like to share with our listeners who are pursuing their academic journeys and maybe facing mental health challenges right right so to all the listeners who are you know listening to this podcast this interview right now i would just like to tell you that uh, this journey gets uh, very difficult i know there are points where you think that you want to give up for all the genuine reasons and it can be as isolating as uh, you know one would understand but uh, i would just like to tell you all this that uh, there was a reason why you joined the phd program and i'm hoping it is a voluntary reason and not forced and pressured from any for you know by anybody else Oh, just remember that reason why you joined. Uh, remember the output that it will, you will have finally at the end of it, and uh, just know that PhD is part of your life. It is not your whole life. While it's going to seem like that in the years you are going to dedicate to your PhD program, but it is only and only a part of your life. And definitely for those, for also those people who are pursuing PhD and uh, very likely facing mental health issues. Mm, please please speak to somebody speak to a friend speak to a relative speak to anyone that you trust or confidant whom you can you know put your worries stress and share your thoughts with uh, if possible if you want to please uh, you know speak to a mental health professional when you know that the people that you have an access to probably cannot help you out i know that it takes money uh, not everyone has the privilege to mental health treatments be it education uh, be it, sorry medication or therapy but like i said again if you're watching this uh, uh, and you know probably tripti will kind of you know help help my uh, give you my email id number whatever please 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 reach out to me while i'm not a licensed therapist and definitely not a psychiatrist i don't have those qualifications but i have my community i have a network of friends who are licensed qualified trained therapists and psychiatrists who do pro bono work and who can also offer you these mental health services at a reduced cost so because you don't have the access or the money or the problems of affordability please do not suffer in silence it is absolutely not worth it and like i said i will do whatever bit i can to help you out to make sure that you reach the right person to get the help you need and speak to people don't be uh, you know on your own with your thoughts they can be destructive in ways more than we can ever understand and know that you will complete it slowly and steadily it looks like a race it looks like a timeline but there is none it is all socially constructed so do your bit in whichever way you can slowly and steadily and reach out to people for help yeah and uh, lastly i would just like to end by saying that just always be curious and this is something i tell my students all the time uh, be curious ask questions uh, don't just accept things in face value know how to ask questions 
and uh, be kind and compassionate while doing so it is not a weakness we are living in a world where kindness and compassion is seen as a weakness it is not vulnerability takes courage and be those people so yeah bye bye take care okay with that we come to an end also before we're um, bringing this session to an end is there anything you would like to share could be anything around any theme or anything all right i would definitely like to share about the theme on publishing because uh, uh, would that make sense would that would that be any, okay anything yeah because i think that the entire rat race that is around academia which is supremely toxic is uh, you know this is the one buzzword you know that we keep hearing publishing publishing publications while it is true that it is very very important that one should publish and we all need quality contribution to knowledge in our fields it is also true that we cannot lose our health mental health emotional health physical health over this rat race we at the end of the day we have to know that what we are learning what we can do and what is capable from our side at our pace at this idea of q1 q2 scopus index abdc and i don't know how many ever rankings that's coming up by the you know minute that we speak right now i think people are do i think just know the reason what what you're doing why you're doing and do everything at your pace right because the society is going to tell you if you don't publish and that's what i'm saying like i had said in the in the past that if you don't publish you will perish but if your value was so little as a human being that if you don't publish you will perish i think we have failed as human humanity completely so no one perishes please don't uh, and try not to be a part of the rat race even though you know the world is telling you that and yeah enjoy these years later you will look back probably your life right now you're laughing and crying but later i'm hoping there'll only be smiles you know so yeah yeah just enjoy this journey as much as you can this is what i would like to say yeah. thank you thank you so much for your valuable time and having such candid conversation with us and looking forward to many more discussions like these with you absolutely absolutely thank you so much tripti like i keep saying you're a superstar and you are you have no idea how you're helping the community we need people who are going to come up speak about their achievements about their failures you know stresses distresses together the way we are isolating is really scary the statistics for loneliness the statistics for mental illness is rising at an alarming level and these interviews these video chats these you know community building activities is the need of the hour so thank you sunshine for doing that we need it thank you it was an absolute pleasure to be an absolute absolute pleasure thank you so much for having me thank you you know so absolutely <laughs>